The following audio is from Crossroads Church, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, centered around building genuine community through authentic faith. More info can be found at lincolncrossroads.com. Amen. Well, uh, I can't preach without props, right? So um, this morning, Sean was like, what are you carrying out of this house right now? And I didn't tell him, so it's funny. Um, So I I don't know if you are on Instagram very much, but um, I follow a few different people. And this fun trend that I've seen probably the last couple of years, I've never been a part of it, but I've seen it on Instagram. You know, we've all done like the white elephant gift exchanges, the white elephant parties. Um, Well, this one thing I've been seeing on Instagram is these favorite things parties. Has anybody seen that? Has anybody been a part of one? Okay, cool. I could have pretended it was my idea then. It wasn't. I've never been to one. But um, so they, rather than bring a, a gift and, and a white elephant gift to this party, you invite people and you tell them, bring your favorite thing. So what's your favorite thing right now? And set a limit. It might be $5 or it might be 50 depending on your guests. And uh, you bring three of that thing. And then you get to the party and then you do this exchange and then everybody leaves with three gifts that are all like the favorite thing of one of their friends. That sounds fun, right? So uh, because you asked, I thought I would give you some of my favorite things. If I were going to a favorite things party, I've heard it said before, like what's what's, uh, not just your favorite things, but like what is saving your life right now? What is bringing you joy? Okay, so I wanted you to just see from me to you, here's what I might bring should you choose to invite me to your favorite things party. Uh, the first one is this. If, you, if I think about what, like over the course of my life, over the course of even the last 10 years specifically, what has brought me joy that would really embody, you know, true joy in my heart? And that would be peanut butter and Diet Coke. And you can clap for peanut butter and Diet Coke. I have definitely been known to say that either one of these at any given time is my soulmate. So uh, peanut butter, Diet Coke, truly my favorite things. Everything about my breakfast this morning involved peanut butter. And by that, I mean I ate it off of a fork in the middle of my construction zone living room. So that's the first thing I might, I might bring that. Um, the second thing I want you to see here is... I. I hate to overpromise. Like we tend to, we try like in parenting styles, like underpromise, overdeliver, right? But this one, I'm telling you, this right here is going to change your life. Okay? Uh, it's going to change your coffee life. I should say that. If you are a coffee drinker, this one's going to change your life. So some of us spend a little too much money driving through some of the coffee shops. Okay? You don't have to do that anymore. Here is how you make your coffee. And this, is, this thing, this little tool right here is going to change your life. Milk frother. Do you see this? It even has a cute little, little case, okay? So I don't know if you have a Keurig. If you have a Keurig, then you brew your coffee on the small setting. It's basically an espresso. Or you make your pot of coffee. That's fine. I don't care how you do it. But you take your cup of coffee, you put one little raw sugar in the bottom, not white sugar, okay? The one in the little brown packets. You can buy them at the grocery stores. Put it in the bottom of your cup. Brew your coffee on top, and then you stick your milk of choice in the microwave. Heat it up. I would recommend half and half. If you want to go all keto, you could go with heavy whipping cream. If that's what you have, skim milk, I would not recommend. But So I put my half and half in the microwave, it heats it up, and then you just stick this little guy in there, and it froths the milk. Then you pour that over your coffee, and it's this glorious, 
foamy goodness. It's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. So one of my favorite things. Now, one more. I got one more for you, okay? This last one, I didn't really know how to give it as a gift, which, I mean, I'm taking all this home with me. This isn't a gift for anybody. But if I were, if I could give you my favorite, literally my favorite thing right now, and like I have four children, and they've maybe heard me say this in the last week, like, not you're my favorite thing, but like this thing right here is my favorite thing. And I like them, I like them, but this right here is my favorite thing. And I didn't know how to package it. I don't know how to give it to you because it's a color. But it's literally my favorite thing in my entire life right now. We're redoing our kitchen, a three-week complete overhaul, complete remodel of our kitchen, and I am in love with Sherwin-Williams Pewter Green. You guys, could you just cry with how beautiful this is? If you're not crying right now, it must be the lighting because this color right here is my favorite thing. So if I could give you any of my favorite things, it would be peanut butter, Diet Coke, milk frother, and the color pewter green from Sherwin-Williams. So Merry Christmas. I'm taking it all home with me. Uh, But that's my list of my favorite things. And I think one of the things I like about this idea of this Christmas party is... um, it's a, it's a big, like it's a contrast between what we, the lists we typically see this time of year, right? We're not usually seeing lists of things that are bringing me joy. It's usually the opposite and it's lists of things that I think I need or things that I think I want or things that I hope that somebody gives to me. And so I think that's why what resonated with me about these parties is the vast difference. Now, I'm not dogging Christmas lists. I would prefer that you tell me exactly what you want. And if it's, if it's on paper, that's fine. But if it's an email with links to the direct to the website, that's even better. So I'm not dogging a Christmas list by any means. But what I'm saying is in the Bible, uh, we, we see this list in the story of, of Jesus. Remember, we've been talking about rejoicing. And we see a list that doesn't look so much like a Christmas list, but more like a list of my favorite things. It's a list of things that bring Mary joy, okay? You could say it's Mary's rejoicing list, things that Mary rejoiced in. So that's what we're going to look at today in the book of Luke. Um, I want to remind us, though, sometimes I feel like, not sometimes, but Mary has been idolized in the past, and I want us to just remember as we look at this story today, remember last week we looked at the shepherds and how they rejoiced uh, at Christmas Eve, we're going to look at other characters and how they rejoiced, but Mary, we're going to look at how Mary rejoiced, and she is just one more example that we can learn something from in the scriptures. Uh, she's not to be idolized, she was a, a human person, as much in need of Jesus as I was. And so that's when we look at her story, I want us to remember that this morning. So what made Mary's list? If you remember the story in Luke chapter 1, God sends an angel to speak to Mary. And we have to remember, like there were 400 years of silence leading up to this point. So God showing up to speak to anybody was kind of a big deal and probably very confusing. This would have been the only time that Mary had like heard God speak to her. And it comes in the form of an angel. And and Gabriel, the angel says, uh, hey, Mary, uh, you are greetings, highly favored one is what he says. And highly favored means much grace. 
So Mary was in need of grace just as much as we are. So the grace of God was on her life. And he tells her, you're going to conceive and give birth to the son of God. And she says, wait, what? She says, how, like how? Like, I'm not married. How is this even a possibility? And he says, don't worry about it. God will take care of it. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you. And she responds with, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me what you have said. So then he, as the angel's talking to her, though, he tells her, you're, just, in a, just for a confirmation for you, your cousin Elizabeth is also pregnant. She's old, she's been barren, but another miracle of miracles, she is also pregnant. And so it says, uh, it says within a few days, Mary travels to go visit Elizabeth. I think part of her just needs to be with someone who understands, right? Again, no one has heard God's voice. So she shows up to someone who has recently heard from God, right? Her, God spoke to her husband and said, you're going to uh, have a son. And so she, she uh, races to go visit Elizabeth. And it says that when she walked in the room, because she, now she's pregnant with the son of God, Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And uh, Elizabeth says, the baby leapt in my womb when you walked in the door. So she rejoiced. She says, who am I that the mother of my Lord would come to visit me? And this is Mary's response. This is Mary's list of things that she is rejoicing in. And I want us to read that today. It's in Luke chapter one, verse 46. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, like peanut butter, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. That's her song, but if you put it in, the li in a list form, we can see the first thing that Mary did uh, in, this, in her song is she rejoiced in the goodness of God. She says, I rejoice, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He sees me, he is mighty, he is merciful, he has done great deeds, he rules over all, he exalts the humble, fills the hungry, he's the helper of the weak and the keeper of promises. Now remember, this is within a few days of the angel coming to her and saying, you're gonna carry God's son, you're gonna be pregnant before marriage which was a complete disgrace. So in these few days, Mary could have been lying, crying in her bed. She could have been plotting how she was going to run and hide. She could have been making a list of all the things she was going to need for a baby and how is this even going to happen? But instead, she paused and rejoiced in the goodness of God. She still didn't have all the answers probably was still very confusing and the future was probably still looking very uncertain but she paused and rejoiced in the goodness of God friends are you able to do this today could you pause in your situation 
in your need, in your confusion, with a, a future that maybe seems uncertain, could you pause in this moment and find something about the character of God to rejoice about? Let's do this. Could you just close your eyes with me? Think through Mary's list. God, I rejoice that you're my Savior, that you see me, that you're mighty and strong, that you've shown me mercy, that you've done so many good things for me, that you rule over this world, that you exalt the humble, you fill me when I'm hungry, you help me when I am weak, and you're the keeper of promises. Can you do that this morning? Can you rejoice in the goodness of God? Now, I said that Mary is not, she's not to be idolized, right? Uh, she was a person just like us, a human, a sinner in need of a savior. And I don't know specifics about her life and why God chose her, but I believe that one of the reasons that he did was because he knew he could trust her response. She responded, even in her confusion, even when it didn't make sense, her response in Luke chapter 1, verse 38 is, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then she rejoiced. Can God trust you to respond in the same manner? When he speaks something to you, when a situation comes in your life that you know he's in it, but it's still confusing, can you respond in the same manner with surrender and rejoicing? We don't always have all the answers, right? Sometimes the future looks bleak. Sometimes we just don't, we're just unsure and it makes us have unrest in our hearts. But the definition of rejoicing is to feel or express great joy. It's not feel and express. Because how many of you know if we wait till we feel it, sometimes it just won't happen but it's to feel or express. And so sometimes we have to, uh, we don't have to be fake. I'm not telling anybody to be fake, but sometimes we rejoice in faith. We speak the truth, the truth that says, my feelings say one thing, but my feelings are not always the truth. The truth is God is good. He's merciful. He's done great things for me. He's a promise keeper. And so we, we need to respond with that surrender that says, God, whatever your will is, it is fine because I know that you're good. So we rejoice in the goodness of God. I'd encourage you to make a list. Check it twice. Make a list of all the things, even just go back this year or the last few months, how all the things that God has done that show his goodness. The second thing we see in Mary's list is she rejoiced in being chosen. She said, he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Remember the fact that God had spoken to her at all would have been a huge honor. She, here she is, it's been 400 years since God's said anything to anybody and she's most likely in her young teen years probably minimal education. She's probably being groomed right now to be a wife and a mother. She's marrying a carpenter, so she doesn't necessarily have social status. And God chose to speak to her. She knew that she had nothing to offer, and so she rejoiced that God saw her in her humble state. 
which I would agree I think is a reason for us to rejoice today. If you, if you can hear my voice in this room or you're in the lobby or you're listening online, one thing that we can all rejoice about today is that God sees you. He sees you. He chooses you. He knows what you have to offer and he knows what you're up against and he still chooses you. And we can rejoice because we're chosen. First Peter chapter two, verse nine says, but you are a chosen people. Ephesians 1, 4 says he chose us before the creation of the world. John chapter 15 says, I chose you. I appointed you. And 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says, we thank God for you because he has chosen you. And Mary could rejoice because she knew she had nothing to offer and God still chose her. But I, I don't think we can fully grasp and fully rejoice in being chosen without a little bit of humility, right? Because we have to recognize our complete and total dependence on Jesus. And when we recognize that we are completely and totally dependent on Jesus, that we have nothing to offer him, we, but yet he chooses us, what is out there that could be more worth rejoicing about? We have to recognize our need for him. And you sometimes I think about, you know, like God and his great, he's ruling the world. He's sitting on his throne in heaven. Uh, and here I am. I have literally nothing to offer and I make mistakes and I just, I'm so inconsistent and I'm, and I'm sinful at the core. And so we can look at that and we can, we can wallow. I got nothing to offer. I'm just not going to do anything. Or we can look at it, but, but God chose me. Like, he knows that. I don't have to feel bad about myself because I don't have to be anything in myself because he is everything that I need. And he is strong when I am weak. And I, I, we have to recognize that we are completely and totally dependent on Jesus. But he still chooses us, and that's worthy of rejoicing. We rejoice because we're chosen. And third, we see Mary rejoice in her purpose, which is bringing Jesus to the world. Luke chapter 1, verse 48, she says, From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Great things for her? Like she's about to bring disgrace on her entire family, potentially be shunned by her entire community. But she says, everybody's going to call me blessed because he's done great things for me. Mary could rejoice because she recognized her purpose. It wasn't just about having a baby. It was about bringing Jesus to the world. And friends, today I would, I would argue that we have the same purpose to bring Jesus to the world. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 
Matthew 28 says, go into all the world. Acts 1.8 says, be my witnesses. Friends, today we can rejoice because we have purpose. What an honor to be entrusted with the message of Jesus and to be able to share that with the world. We can rejoice in that. And not only can we rejoice, I would say we must rejoice. Because for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, who are, have, are walking with him, who have accepted the fact that he's chosen us, who have accepted his forgiveness, for those of us that are walking with him, we can't live a life of doom and gloom. We can't walk out our days in grumbling and complaining or in drama or in unforgiveness. Friends, if you have begun that relationship with Jesus, if you've accepted his forgiveness, then we are called to share Jesus with the world and we can't share him through griping. We can't share him through complaining, through gossip. But I believe that we not only can rejoice, we must rejoice because my joy, my peace in the midst of difficult situations may just be what points somebody to Jesus. We sang this morning, I've got a joy in my heart. I've got a peace that passes understanding. When my understanding ends, there's a peace that makes no sense. Can the people in your life say that about you? because I believe that that is what it's gonna take for some people. It's not gonna be some great message that's preached on the street corner or in a church. It may just be the joy that they see radiating out of you. Because friends, we have a purpose. We are called to bring Jesus to others and I believe it can happen in our rejoicing. It might point people to Jesus. I love this story of Mary, though, if you read more of the chapter, um, you know, uh, because where, where Mary goes, rejoicing follows. It's not just Mary. She shows up at Elizabeth's house, the baby leaps in her womb, and Elizabeth rejoices. And then Mary has the baby in the stable, which I cannot wait to get to heaven and have a cup of coffee with frothed milk with Mary and hear about that story. I mean, how many mamas out there are like, we love a good birth story. I would love to hear that story, Mary. But here she has this baby in the mess of a stable and uh, the shepherds come and what do they do? They rejoice. Mary brings Jesus to the temple a few days later and uh, Simeon the priest rejoices. And Anna, the prophet, rejoices. So where Mary goes, and Jesus is with her, yes, but rejoicing follows. Can your friends and your family say that about you? That when you leave or when they leave your presence, they rejoice. And not because you are anything great, but because of the joy that overflows in knowing the goodness of God and knowing that he has chosen me and in knowing that my purpose is to bring his love and his son Jesus to the world. Do your friends say that about you? Does rejoicing follow? As we look at Mary's list today, I'm really hoping that we can align our lists a little bit with hers that we can rejoice in the goodness of God, 
rejoice in being chosen and rejoice in our purpose. But as I looked at Mary's list, as I made my list that no one was nearly as excited about as I was, I also, I couldn't help but think about what would be on God's list? Like if God was making a list of his favorite things, God, what brings you joy right now? That's the first thing I think would be on his list is Jesus. We see in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus was baptized. The heavens open up and God from heaven says, that is my son and in him I am well pleased. But the second thing I think that would be on his list, his list of his favorite things, is you. Like, do you know how much joy you bring to Jesus? How much joy you bring to him? James chapter 1, verse 18 says, He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Picture that kid on Christmas that opens that present, and it's all I've ever wanted, and they pull it out of the box, and they just squeeze it, and they have the biggest smile on their face. Friend, that's how God feels about you. You are his prized possession. Everything he ever wanted. He created the heavens and the earth to have relationship with you. But I was thinking about God's other list, right? We've got the list of our favorite things. And we've got the Christmas list. Like what could God possibly want? I think his lists are identical. Jesus. He wants everybody to know Jesus. The Bible says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, but he is patient with you. He does not want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. What does God want? He wants Jesus to be known by everybody. And what does that mean? That means that God created the world for us to be with him, but because we are sinful in nature, our sin separates us from him. And the only way for us to reach him, the only way for us to have any kind of access to God the Father is through his son, Jesus. So when we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate that Jesus, God's son, came down to earth so that he could pay a sacrifice for us so he could be that bridge that gets us to Jesus. And so this morning, maybe you've been walking with Jesus your whole life. Maybe you've never taken that step. Can I just tell you, the Bible says all you got to do is reach out to tell him, to repent, to say, I'm sorry. I know that I can't do this on my own, that I fail, that I sin. But I believe, Jesus, that you came to earth to build this bridge between me and God the Father. And all you got to do is ask. Begin that relationship with him. Because on God's list, I believe the, the two things that are on God's list, number one is he wants everybody to know Jesus. And two, you. He wants you to be a part of sharing Jesus with the world. He wants you to be a part of bringing Jesus to somebody who needs hope. 
He wants you to be the one that carries the light into the darkness. We can't do that if we haven't begun that relationship with Jesus on our own. So in a moment, I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite everybody to pray with us. I'm going to invite everybody to pray. If you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, today's the day. Today's a good day to receive forgiveness, to begin that relationship with Jesus. So I'm going to pray a prayer. There's no magic words. You can just pray along with me in your heart. If that's your prayer, we're going to pray it today. This is between you and God. There's no magic in my words, but I just want to give us an opportunity. Because if, if God is good, if God chooses us, if God gives us purpose, I just believe this is a good moment to reach out to him. So just pray along with me in your hearts this morning. Jesus, I thank you that you came to earth that you led a perfect, sinless life in order to build a bridge to pay the price for my sin and build a bridge between me and the Father. I thank you that you saw me before the creation of the world and you desire a relationship with me. God, would you forgive me of my sins and would you lead me in this life? I want to fulfill the purpose that you have for me to bring your love and your light to the world in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, would you just, would you just tell somebody? Would you just uh, talk to one of our pastors? You can talk to me. You can talk to somebody here. But would you just tell somebody if that was the prayer that you prayed today? And can I just tell you, there's a peace that passes understanding. There's a joy that overflows out of our hearts when we know Jesus and when we walk with him. But for the rest of us, as we head into this week of Christmas, I just want to remind us, Jesus is worth rejoicing over. And not just like, yeah, we're going to sing happy birthday to Jesus on Christmas, but like everything I do this week, every interaction that I have with somebody is going to point him, point them to Jesus because of the joy that overflows because of what he's done for me. Friend, he's good. He's been good to you. He has chosen you. He has seen you in your worst state. And he's like, yeah, I could do something with that. I could point somebody to Jesus with that. I could use somebody there to, to bring light and hope to a dark world. And that's worth rejoicing about. Amen. Amen. Well, God, you're so good to us. God, we take this moment today to celebrate your goodness to us. God, you are mighty. You are all powerful. You have done great things for us. And today we want to give you glory and we want to rejoice in you. God, I pray that we would walk out our days in rejoicing, God, for what you have done in our hearts and in our lives, that we would list all the ways, the good, the good things that you have done, the good character of God that you have modeled in our lives. Lord Jesus, I pray that as we think of those things, God, that this week we would truly rejoice. Lord, would you forgive us for losing sight of all that you've done? Would you forgive us for walking in negativity, for complaining? 
I pray that today would be the day, Lord, that our, our behavior, our hearts, our attitude, our character would point people to Jesus. We rejoice in Jesus today. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio from Crossroads Church. Feel free to share this audio with others, but please do not alter or edit the content in any way. For more information about Crossroads, please visit lincolncrossroads.com.